Hey folks, welcome to episode 137 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features my friend Lola. She is a um, jiu-jitsu player of eight and a half years. She joined when her kids were into martial arts and she committed herself to the practice and is like what I'd consider obsessed, passionate, and driven in the sport. And it's inspiring to see somebody getting into jujitsu as a parent and fall so deeply in love with the sport. I grew up in a culture where adults didn't have these, these hobbies or interests that were even bigger than themselves, where they would pour their whole being into it. And getting to talk to Lola and hear about her experience in jujitsu and how it's influenced her life um, and what she gets out of jujitsu was awesome. And um, she also was like immersed herself even more in jiu-jitsu by working at um, Cage Side MMA and Toro BJJ, which is like, uh, I see it in the trail running industry or like, you know, niche or in rock climbing too, when people start like working in that, in that field that is related to their passions. It, um, I think it's a beautiful thing. Because ultimately what I would hope is, is that like whatever you're interested in is that you find a way to like be able to help other people and to take care of yourself as a, um, as a result of doing that. And like, I love nothing more in my experience to show up somewhere and people really just want to be there. You know, it's not really attainable every single day, but an over arcing like observation of our lives it's beautiful and the energy in Lola is like super infectious um, you can check her out on Instagram at Zuzitsu um, and I'll leave the link to that in Cage Side MMA and Toro BJJ in the show notes of becominghumanpodcast.com Something that's been really beneficial for me is uh, meditation. And I love it because it's it's a really simple activity that, you know, I can just show up for 10 minutes and it has, like, a big impact on the way I interact with life and, like, all things that I do. You know, I feel like um, self-control is something that's really important to me. Um, and also, like how I how how I how I exercise self-control is really important as well um and I feel like there's so many things to focus on that it can be really tiring and confusing to figure out what's really important to you but it's self-control is something that is almost a universal um skill or a skill that you rely on throughout all all of our interests right and even within our relationships using the waking up app which is like 
super, you know, super easy for me because I can just hit play and then I get to listen to Sam Harris's robotic voice. <laughs> it's pretty calming too, I suppose. Um, take me through very powerful exercises in the span of like, you know, 10 or 20 minutes. Um, that helped broaden my awareness, understanding, and practice my ability for, I would say, self-control and mindfulness um, and being aware of where I point my attention. Um, consciousness is hard. Like, try try counting your heartbeats beat for 20 minutes. Like, the idea of, you know, thinking for a long period of time, right? That's exhausting. Um, waking up is the waking up app has like been probably one of the most beneficial tools that I've included in my life. Um, and if you want to support the show and check it out, you can find it on, uh, Android and, uh, um, Apple store, um, as waking up. You can also check them out on the website and let them know that becoming human podcast sent you. Uh, I'm going to at the end of the show I'm going to play you out with a track called Useful Jenkins Waiting to Die Enjoy Can you tell me about what got you into jiu-jitsu and when you started? Yeah um, I started jiu-jitsu in 2012 I think it was uh it it was the end of April beginning of May my kids have been taking like my kids have been taking another like ninjutsu um uh like a Stephen Hayes form of martial arts and at that gym uh they were running this like um this special um, for May for Mother's Day mm -hmm. and they were like mothers get a free month of training and I was like oh that's cool okay I'm gonna sign up so I signed up and I want to do jiu-jitsu because I, I thought that, that looked really cool yeah so um I also wanted to do it for a self-defense because I was working in the school systems at the time and a lot of the kids are bigger than me mm -hmm. and I was like this is kind of you know and sometimes it was especially boys with you know getting getting into their testosterone sometimes could be a little bit sketchy when they decide they, they don't want to sit down in their chair. Yeah. There's so a lot of like, uncomfortable ener energy in that environment. I work with emotionally and behaviorally delayed children in like a, a specific school where they have like the independent education plans and like, that's a little on the extreme side of it, but you definitely see even just like a low level need as someone's like figuring out what boundaries are appropriate and stuff and how to communicate yeah. and respect other people. Yeah, exactly. So it was just kind of like wanting to know how to, um, so I came into it for self-defense. So it was like how to read someone's energy, you know, how to like make sure that I don't get, you know, things that maybe I wouldn't have thought about before, you know, like don't get caught in a corner. I mean, like you want to make sure that you always know where your exit is. And so, um, so I started doing jujitsu for self-defense reasons and I, and, and, you know, the one month free was definitely an incentive of like, yeah, why not? There's no risk, you know, like I'll try this. I'm here anyway. And then, um, so I started to do it for self-defense and then I just kind of loved it and just kept going. And that's, it's been eight and a half years now. Wow. So, yeah. So cool. 
<laughs> did you you're like learning like you know that you talked about like situational awareness right and being mm -hmm. able to to read people's cues did that like change the way that you um that you interacted with just like everyday life because like for example i find that um when you when you learn to like draw right you're learning like a visual language and that way you like learn a new way to interpret the world and it kind of can change mm -hmm. you know everything um yeah it, it definitely did influence um uh, like my some of my other interactions with people um I wouldn't say that I'm always like I mean I I'm very I try to be very aware I think of like of, of you know my surroundings mm -hmm. um but I also I feel like it brought in a little bit more of like understanding like sometimes like especially when I'm working with kids like you can like kind of sense their energy if they're kind of pulling away from you and it's just like that 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 hold like almost like a judo dance right it's like yeah. like understanding it's like you know if someone's being a little bit too aggressive I'm like oh, okay well I'm gonna back off I don't I I, I don't want to engage in this mm -hmm. um just kind of taking those kinds of cues like I feel like yeah because yeah, you can pick up on those like those um body cues right and you're able mm -hmm. to um to communicate with them more effectively. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And jujitsu has definitely taught me that there's, I don't want, it, or doing a martial art has taught me that I, I don't want to really engage in, um, in any kind of, uh, I wouldn't, an altercation or in a fight. Like I'm, I'm less likely, I feel like with more, the more that I've learned, the more I realize I don't know and that I don't really want to ever like be in a bad situation. So an exit stage left is you know I'm like it's yeah. time for me to go this isn't going well I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to be in this situation so but have yeah. you been in the in the past have you had situations where you'd find yourself like fighting and stuff like that or um is that something that you like you're or are you non-confrontational if you don't mind I feel like I, I'm fairly non-confrontational um but um I uh have had situations where um it's been uncomfortable and where like my safety was was a concern uh -huh. and um and, and just knowing that um being able to know like that okay like if something was happening that this isn't you know if i've learned a self-defense move for something then i know that if there's a reason why we were taught a defensive move and it's because I, i'm not supposed to be um touched this way or i'm not supposed to be in you know because this is a situation that i'm not supposed to be in yeah exactly and um <laughs> that's a boomer um so <laughs> uh and so self so doing the self-defense i think has really made me aware of like of how to set boundaries that's interesting. Yeah. Of how to set boundaries and that it's okay for me to maintain those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that I think has been a big, a big lesson for me when it comes to doing jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And and I don't, wouldn't want to like minimize your experience, but in a way that I could relate is that I find that, you know, I, I would personally do that in my relationships with people, right. And the a dynamic mm -hmm. is like, I have a need to please. And mm -hmm. I'd have a hard time setting that boundary, um, even when it is like hurting me, you know, or not not positive or constructive for me. And, and in certain places in like jujitsu, especially because of, you know, like how intense things are, 
um, mm -hmm. I, I learn, I feel like I learned better to interact with other people and like navigate those boundaries, you know? Yeah. I, and it's, it's been helpful that I've had people around me that I've learned to trust and that care about me and that I care about that have also just been, you know, like have been able to be touchstones for me where I'm like, I'm not really sure if this is, you know, I'm not really sure about this situation. And they've been, you know, honest about like, you know, like, no, that is a boundary you should keep or, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, no, this is, you know, you know, the, your, your feelings are valid. And I think having your feelings be validated or your concerns be validated, or even just having someone that you can, you know, speak to has been incredibly helpful. I think that that's not, um, having someone or having safe spaces is, mm -hmm. is, a is a really good thing. And it's, I know not everybody has that. I'm really thankful that I do. Has, uh, has your participation participation in your jiu-jitsu community provided you with that you know space um or have you just found that in like other friendships um it's definitely i mean i've found it in other friendships but my jiu-jitsu community here um the jiu-jitsu community in the triangle is really strong and it's a um and i'm very thankful and glad to be able to be a part of it um and uh when I started training jujitsu, there was maybe only a handful of women here. Mm -hmm. And um, like uh, Mary Holmes, um, Kim Rice, uh, I think Chelsea Kurtzman had just started. Um, There's a few other women, Angela Pitts uh, and uh, Ashley McClelland, um, who is now over in California. And they had just, they, they were already doing jujitsu when I first started. And being able to come into a community of women that then just accepted me and were really compassionate was helpful because that from there I felt like it just kind of grew into these like very strong friendships mm -hmm. those friendships I'm still close with you know with especially with Mary and Kim and um and uh and Chelsea here now like I we're still like the, the women that started all together like we're still all really close and I'm really really thankful to have them and uh, as as friends honestly mm -hmm. and so yeah, that I think that those those friendships and that community was what created that safe space. What do you think about the experience of sharing jujitsu with somebody um, lends itself to, you know, friendship or getting to know somebody very well? I mean, yeah. Would you say that your closest friends are also from jujitsu? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'd even say that in terms of, you know, like, like family, right? And like, mm -hmm. my, my son and I are really close because not just because he's my son, but like, we've had these like shared struggles and these mm -hmm. shared interests and also like shared goals, right? Like mm -hmm. I've tried to work on improve my arm bar and he tries to work on improving his arm bar and we get a mm -hmm. like relish in the difficulties and challenge. And both of us sometimes are like, like suck. Right. And sometimes we're doing really good. And that's mm -hmm. not our relationship. That's having that drama. The drama is contained in the game. And I feel like, like the drama is inevitable. Right. Cause like kind of idle hands. Right. But if you have yeah. like a game, I feel like you get to act those things out in like constructive ways. And that brings you closer to people rather than further apart. Um, yeah, for sure. I, it's like you bleed together, you know, like you sweat together. It's like you, you come through it, man. It's like, I definitely think that it's that 
you, and, and you have to have so much trust with your training partners, mm-hmm. right? Like we're like, I trust that you're not going to rip my arm off, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, but, and, but, you know, but I also need you, especially when I'm getting ready for like competing, mm-hmm. like, I also need you to give me that intensity level. I need you to push me and to make me, you know, like I, I need you to push me yeah. and, um, and, but I, I need to be pushed but also know that you're not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like having good training partners and having good teammates that can do that for you and can be honest and give you honest like reactions or so that you're not just getting away with shit is mm-hmm. helpful. Um, but it also binds you. Like I'm, I feel very bounded to, to my teammates, the ones that have, I like the, the people that have helped me get ready for tournaments or helped me get ready for like even belt testing like, or even just come in and train every day. Like we've had a small pod to train during COVID and, you know, it's like they, these are people that maybe I wouldn't have trained with normally, but we've been training together in and out during COVID. And it's just like, that's your, that's your COVID pod. That's your, that's your, that's your group, you know? And it's like, you're all, you know, that you're all trying to do the best to keep each other safe and keep each other like healthy, you know? So you're, you know, maybe outside of the gym. Like I, I rarely go to the grocery store because I'd rather take, I'd rather be in the gym. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get anybody sick, but I want to, I want to still train. Yeah. So it's like, we're all doing what we can to take care of each other. And um, yeah, I, I, for sure. I think that, I think that jujitsu lends itself to creating these strong bonds. If you are open to that, Yeah, exactly. if you're open to it, for sure, it's, it can be more than just a place that you just come and train. Yeah. And it's interesting because of that, if you're open to it and you are, you reflect on it, there's an interesting dynamic that you pointed out with your relationship to other people where like, um, kindness always could, could, you could, kindness could, there could be a mask of kindness, a false, like a falsehood, right? Mm -hmm. That's like not really kindness, but it, but it seems like it is where, you're just like you say the nicest and do the nicest things possible regardless of the context you know mm-hmm. in relation to somebody else and like in jujitsu you find that where if like we're grappling right and um i don't cross face like you know just just a little like cross face right um i don't um bear my weight on you right because mm-hmm. i'm like and i if I'm like 300 pounds and you, you know, there's a context of course, but for the most part, if I'm not using my weight, um, then if we're the only partners, right over time, you're not going to be able to develop that game. And you don't even like, so when you go and compete, you realize like, Oh, you're not, you know, you're not competing in the reality of jujitsu. There's things that you can improve on here. And the ultimate like goal or like, for, for most people, I'd like to think is improving your, you know, your jujitsu game, right? Like getting better. And, and, and like what would get in the way though, is your, your partner's patronizing you, right? Mm-hmm. Or your partner's hurting mm-hmm. you too much. Like in this, in this game, there's this push and pull and the, the middle path is like almost inherently built in. Whereas I find with like life, like, or even as a parent, I can do some things that are not very nice and I can like not be a, I cannot do my best as a parent, right? Um, and there's not very many warning signs along the way. Mm-hmm. But in jujitsu, I'm directly invested in this outcome, right? And like, there's a lot of warning signs. If I go to a tournament and I'm not winning, right? I'm invested in trying to figure out how to win. And I have to question like my interactions with my partners, my training plans, and that's that self-improvement, right? 
Absolutely. And I think as you know, like to be, you will always want to be a good training partner, mm-hmm. right? I want to give you, I want to give you, uh, a, I want to give you a good training interaction. And that goes back to that feeling of that energy, right? Cause some days you might come in and you might be like, we're let's, let's go. Like, this yeah. is it. Like I'm I want tournament rounds and it's like, all right. And if I feel like I can give you that, then okay. And, and safely give you that then. Oh, great. And then sometimes, and the very next role, the next person could be like, Hey man, I'm taking it easy today. My shoulder hurts. And it's like, all right. And so you're learning how to meet people where they are, but you also have to be honest. Like I, that's why I do think I, I like, I do try to train, I train with everybody, but I do like, especially when I'm getting ready for a tournament to train with other women, mm-hmm. because I, because, um, I feel like when, when women train together, we don't, we're, we're less likely to just give each other something. Yeah. It's like, if I sweep another woman, I know that I swept her. Whereas a guy, I never really know. Cause I'm like, did he give it to me? Yeah. Is he being, is he trying not to, is he, did he give it to me? Cause he doesn't want to use his weight to kind of like force me mm-hmm. back or so. Um, and some guys are, you know, not, not, not all guys are like that for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I do like, to train, you know, cause I, some of my training partners, a lot of my training partners are guys, but, and I know that they're giving me honest reactions or they're at least telling me they're like, Hey, here's where you're, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're giving me too much space or something, but, but when I'm training with the honest reactions are really quality, but in, in like how you deliver it. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Right. No, 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 no. You're no, you're, you're, you're right. And it's just like, it's, it's good to have training partners that can do that for you but I do really do like training with women um we have a women's program that's growing here at the school that I'm at mm-hmm. and uh and they're getting ready to compete these ladies are getting ready to compete and when I'm when we're rolling together I've told them I was like you're not doing anybody any service if you or you're not doing your teammates any service if you're if you're giving them something mm-hmm. Jamie, because then they're going to go out on the, they're going to go out to the mat and they're going to be, they're gonna be like, well, why is my UPA not working? Or why is this not working? It's not working because we weren't honest with you that it didn't really work in training. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you need to know that that doesn't really work. And so we're, we have to be honest with you. And it's not because we're not going to try to shield your feelings because it's going to really suck when you can't do it Mm -hmm. in the middle of a tournament. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and if we don't, if we're not honest with our teammates, then when they go compete and they, and something happens that we could have prevented. And that's as our, as a team, that's our fault because we didn't prepare that person well enough. Exactly. So it's like, if you don't delay, if you delay, if you delay or um, shield someone's feelings, you only um, prolong the tension for it to increasingly build until that moment when they realize that what they think in reality are kind of two separate things, you know? Right. Right. And I think that it, I think it's helpful to always, it's just like, to just be honest because then there's never a moment like when they do hit the reality, they're not like, Mm -hmm. Oh shit. And then they're questioning, like, do I really want to be doing this? Like what, what's been going on? And it's just like, it's just, you know, from the very beginning that this is a grind Mm -hmm. and that this, you know, it's hard, but you have people around you, people around you that care about you and are going through the same things. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I, I was talking to one of the ladies here and she was saying that, and, and this has happened. This is a conversation I've had with myself and with other people. That moment when you're like, I feel like I should be doing better than what I actually am. Mm-hmm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like how many, like, I've had that conversation with myself. I feel like I've heard other people say it. And it's, and when this person said it to me, I was like, dude, welcome to the club. I'm like, this is, you're, you're, you just, 
this is just the beginning of that conversation because I think I feel like I've I often have that conversation with myself on where I'm like, you know, like I spend all this time in the gym and I still can't do this or X, yeah. Y, and Z and like what's going on and you know, but that's the thing about about jujitsu, it's kind of an ego. Mm-hmm checker yeah it is because you can you realize you get you can get really caught up in your desire to have something or to be able to do something and the reality is it's like um all you really can is is just try and like most yeah. of all your processes is just trying and trying and trying and accomplishment even if you do you know get something that's only like a small fraction of what it is you know and if you mm-hmm. only enjoy the accomplishment or if you try to go in with the mindset of like the process, the accomplishment makes this all worth it, then you're going to be, you'll be just have your cycle of disappointment and have the realization that to enjoy, you know, just to be here, right. To you're tired and shoulder hurts, like to just roll, you know, Mm -hmm. try to refute the moment, go too hard because you need to, you know, you need to get this thing or like, you you know, any of that, just like be here and have a good grappling. Dude, there's so many, uh, I all wake up and I'm just like, I, this is so awesome. Like I get to train today yeah. and it's like, how awesome is that? And, and on top of it, like I work for a jujitsu company. So it's like, my day is surrounded by jujitsu. I'm like, I am so fortunate. Like I have a good life. Like I talk to my friends about jujitsu. I talk to them about their gear. You know, we embroider their stuff. We make stuff for them. And then I train jujitsu. It's like, it's That's awesome. Cool. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. It's, it's pretty great. And, um, and then on top of it, you know, it's just like, and you just get to share the love of jujitsu. And so I feel, I feel very fortunate that that's, that's my life. That's yeah. That's so cool. How how did your, when you first, so after you first started getting into jujitsu, like how did it develop over time? Did your kiddos um, participate in jujitsu or was it just your thing? Yeah, no, they did. They did for a little while. My son was a wrestler, so he, and he didn't really want to, do too much jiu-jitsu because mm-hmm. unless it was um, um because he didn't he was trying not to get to his back or there was some like you know some he was just like I, he, he was so focused then, on that wrestling yeah so he didn't really do too much jiu-jitsu my daughter did it for a while with me and actually she started training again oh cool. so my daughter yeah seven years later she's come back to the mat yeah. i'm i'm it makes me really really happy that she's that she's back on the mats and she's remembered some stuff so that's that's pretty cool um but uh, so I did jujitsu. My kids were kind of like in it and then they left it for a while and then um, they both left it, but I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, wow. I, just, I, I just started, I started competing and I just really started, I just liked doing it and just kept going. And I think it, because it was always kind of this puzzle, right? It was always like, well, what can I, okay, well, I did this, you know, last, last week I was able to, you know, do almost get this sweet. Can I get that sweet this week? And it was just like constantly wanting to just take it, we get, you know, just a little bit better each week or try and just, just kept going from there. Oh, that's cool. Is, is, have you had yeah. anything pull you in like that before or was jujitsu like the most powerful thing yet? I think jujitsu is probably the most powerful like for a while I was doing yoga and I was really and I was teaching yoga and I really loved doing yoga and it was great um but then there was a there was a transition point when then I started to do jujitsu and I think the whole puzzle like the the puzzle aspect of jujitsu 
like constantly trying to figure something out, like a rolling with someone. And then, and then they like, where I think that some, I'm like, oh, this move works. And then I roll with somebody and then it doesn't work on them. And I'm like, why didn't it work? Like what, what's going on? And I just had an experience. I was up at some friends. Um, they have Dynamis Jiu-Jitsu in Stewart, Virginia. And I, I traveled up there last weekend to go visit with them. And, um, and I was rolling with Eric Cable. And after my role, I was, then I was going to roll with his wife, Amber. And uh, she was like, what's up? You're just, you know, what, what's on your mind? Because I was kind of sitting there. And I was like, Eric keeps sweeping me with the same sweep, but I'm not really sure where he's sweeping me or what he's doing. So she was like, Eric. And so then, you know, it was just like a little quick session of like, what's going on and how do you fix it? And and he showed me, he was like, oh, you're, I'm doing this this sweep on you. And, um, and it was cool because... I, it was just this, you know, it's like everybody's studying, you know, it's like this very, it can sometimes be very intellectual. It's just like, okay, you know, what's happening here and how do I fix that? Or how do I, where's the weight, where should my weight be? And how do we adjust this? But you have people around you though, that are also trying to help you because we're all trying to get better together. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the, the tide raises all ships. Yeah. And in, in that, in that environment, it's like, it's palpable. Like you can experience it in like a six month cycle, right? Where someone mm-hmm. will learn something and then maybe like that you, you learn to defend it. Right. Or people are starting to want to learn that technique themselves. And then you see like people develop a defense for it and it just keeps building and building. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, I feel like, uh, like when I'm getting ready for a tournament, there are things that I'll, I'll tell the ladies, i be like, I really need to work on this. And then maybe even show them some things and then so they can use those things against me and on me, you know, and then it's just like, they then what, what ends up happening is that then now I have someone it's like, okay, they're getting better at this, which means that my defense to that has to get better. And so then we just keep all getting better together. And it's just like, I, you know, we want, I want my teammates to be, to be good. I want my teammates to love jujitsu mm-hmm. because it just feeds into the whole community and the whole energy of the community that then we all just keep trying to get better. Yeah. And and I love that there's like, there's some part of like physical effort to it too. So like if you have any kind of, you know, energy or, or whatever, it get, it's able to get diffused right through, through like mm-hmm. actual physical effort. Um, yeah. Do, do you, yeah, yeah. do you play um, like in, in so speaking in, terms of jujitsu but like for people who don't do jujitsu are you familiar with the game of like um like baiting people um in order for you to get a move and get a dominant position mm-hmm. um and isn't that like 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 at that at that point it, like in jujitsu right you, you get to the point to where you understand like a decent amount of the move. So you know where to orientate your body, right. And how to counter someone's offense. Um, and then once you're at like that point, you, some people might find it fun to um, like, you know what I'm about to do. And now I need to figure out what to do after that. So I make a choice and you counter my choice. And then I have to counter your counter. Um, is, is that like your experience with, with playing or rolling in jujitsu? Um, like currently, like, do you know what I mean? Cause like, I'm trying to get people to understand what that, the inside perspective of jujitsu is, you know, beyond like the technical aspects of it. Cause I find like, there's this fun game where I'm just trying to trick you and like, yeah. it's really intense, you know? It, it, yeah, it is. It's like, ch- so we used to play this game called human chess in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's where we could only to make one move. You could only do one move. So, you know, we would start, like they would put us in a position to start and then like, say it was a closed guard. Right. And so then, um, you had to, you know, one person would maybe put their hand on the person's hip and then the other person would maybe grab a sleeve grip and you had to keep going. So you went one for one with each, with each move until one of the people made a move that the only way they could get out of it was to do two moves. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just like you, one person got too far ahead, like oh, did wow. something that then the other person couldn't recover from in one move. They had, they, so yeah. that was just teaching us that how you can get behind mm-hmm. um, in, in moves if you weren't, you know, doing something correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like it, it happens even when you're playing like the game of chess, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you move your pawn and they move their pawn. And then, so, and honestly, and chess itself is really just these volumes of books of uh, these these books of all the different types of moves and all the different plays. And uh-huh. then people kind of like read those books, right? Memorize them. And then they, and then they are able to know like, okay, well, this person's, if, if these pieces are here, then I'm going to move here. And then there's this like matching of wits on, you know, like who knows, knows more moves, more moves than the other. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I feel like jujitsu is very much like that. It's like, who knows the moves and who knows the, the moves, the counters to what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that one is that's that ex, one experience I had is like, who knows more moves than the other? Oh, you know, mm-hmm. the person who knows that wins. And then sometimes you have this experience where like you and I know the same amount of moves pretty much. Right. And you can get out of anything that I do to you. So then I have mm-hmm. to trick your mind. And that that becomes like a really fun, like almost funny game too with, with people. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, that like lasts though, like 20, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, like mm-hmm. without a bottom, without all, you know, without an end. And it's just so amazing to, to see people be able to reiterate this experience over and over again. And there's a, there's an infinite amount of scenarios that can be played out, right? So you might do a sweep, you might do the flower sweep on me mm-hmm. today and have a, have me do a certain reaction, but then tomorrow you do it and I could do something totally different, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe tomorrow, or and then maybe the day after you try to do it, but you don't get the full flower sweep. Instead you do, it's a variation on the flower sweep, which means that I have to then adapt to what it is that you just did. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's constantly, it's, it's never the same. It's constantly changing. And then as we add in more moves, like last time I was up in, um, uh, in, in, uh, Bellingham, Washington. Um, and that's when I met you and Cindy Hale. And, um, I remember Cindy Hale showed us the Bora Bora suite. Yeah. Which I love. I love the Bora Bora sweep and it's pretty great. And, um, and I've been playing with it and playing with it. I actually, I need to contact Cindy because I'm at a point now with the Bora Bora sweep where I'm like, I'm not really sure where to go from here. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I, so I want to know what, what Cindy's, what, you know, I know Cindy's been play, playing with it and probably been playing with it and experimenting and other oh, people yeah. have been as well. But I'm like, so now what is everybody else? I would like it if we could all come together again and just be like, okay, so what was the next, what have you guys discovered? You know, this is what I'm discovering. And then, um, and that's, that goes back to that whole idea of like, sometimes jujitsu like communities are, you know, just these like little groups, you know, we make these little groups of people where we're kind of like all like, uh, like think tanks, mm-hmm. right. 
coming together and being like, okay, this is what I figured out. What did you figure out? And then we, you know, you know, come up with something new and then boom, and then we all go out and then try new stuff again and then come back in. And schools are like that, mm-hmm. right? It's like you learn something at your school and you, you guys drill it and you play with it. Maybe you can't get it on your partner at school, but then when you go to an open mat somewhere else mm-hmm. and then you hit it on somebody at an open mat and you're like, oh yes, this does work. And then yeah. you come back to your school and you're like, this is the reaction. This is a real reaction that happened when I was able to do the move. Yeah, that's and, cool. Because yeah, like even in the yeah, schools, yeah. you see that where someone teaches something and then um, they often too will teach the counters to it or maybe the room will just learn the counters, you know, through, through the uh, scrappling, right? And then once that, there's almost like where the community internalizes the information, right? Um, where everyone kind of has an idea of how to counter it or how to pull it off. And then you kind of mm-hmm. see plateau, you know, with that technique mm-hmm. perhaps in your gym and then like go out and uh, I know this because like the COVID situation, I found that when you're teaching technique and like there's mm-hmm. no like open mats, right? It changes the dynamic a little bit because that experience, like what you said, is once you internalize the information, you practiced it with someone giving you the specific reaction, go out into the wild and then, you know, grapple with some neighboring gyms. Um, you you get like you get to perform it. Right. And you get a like you get to bring that information that you've internalized and practice and you get to bring it out into the world. And then Mm -hmm. like, then the world, you know, if it's a new thing or or whatever it is, or your local community of gyms, they can start taking it up. Right. Um, If they do, or if they don't, it just enters it. It's part of the game now, you know, Mm -hmm. new sequence. Exactly. Exactly. Or they're like, what just happened? Do you mean what just happened? And then now they are sitting there going, well, did he do it to you? Yeah, he did it to me. Okay. What was he doing? And then they, then they have their little like think tank happening Mm -hmm. and then how to counter what, you know, either how to replicate it or how to counter it. Like, I know that there's times when, you know, they're showing something and I'm sitting there, even if I'm not going to drill something like, cause I'll sit there and I'll watch and I'm like, why, how are you doing this? And how do I stop you from doing it? So there's a, there's a woman that I train with. Um, her name is um, Abby Tetterton. She's actually, she just won Pan Ams. She's a, she's a purple belt oh, adult. Nice. And um, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's based out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. And, um, and she has an amazing triangle, like an amazing, amazing triangle. Triangles, like it's, it's, she triangles a lot of people. Oh, wow. And um, so I was just like, so can you teach me the triangle? And so as she was going through the triangle, I'm like, okay, so you're saying that these things are important. So when I'm rolling with you, I need to make sure that I don't let you have, you know, these certain grips. I mean, she still gets, she still gets what she wants, but, (laughs) um, but it was still, it was still cool to see what she found was important in her technique Mm -hmm. so that then I could start trying to like backwards engineer it to be like, okay, so what is important in this technique that, and what are, what are the, what are your, like your, I must have this in order to do this to you. Yeah. Right. Like crucial elements. Yeah. What are those crucial elements? And so, I mean, just, I was just using Abby as an example, but I feel like that happens uh, a lot when you're looking at, well, for me, when I'm looking at something and I want to break it down, I'm, I'm like, what is it that this person really needs and how can I stop them from, from getting that? Yeah. And there's like something that I even, that I even have, um, well, I guess two things, but I'll go off on one. Um, is even when in like teaching someone um, something, right? Or learning something myself, you'd figure like there's, you're taught a move, right? And someone probably says like, I don't know, 17 syllables, 
right for like for the whole move and i realized like i only remember like you know a really small fraction of those things um or i can only like understand the mechanics of a small fraction but like on paper it's a very simple thing right like a mm-hmm. kind of like a scissor sweep for example um mm-hmm. and then you realize like but to pull it off it's just, it's really not like it's it's very difficult to be able to you know to have the body control to be able to do that to understand mm-hmm. the mechanics to learn how to like off balance them and, mm-hmm. and then like it's like you know um in terms of learning learning's like really hard and i had that with teaching people like that mm-hmm. it's just better to you know if you roughly get the information right like if you if you lean back and they're on your shins right they're like they're not mounting you or something and then they're on their back like that's a start and then you like yep. build it and layer it off of there. And then it's like, wow, you really, it's not a boring thing. I think it's a very beautiful and like profound thing that you could probably spend years on a move and you're still getting more and more information. out. Dude, of it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I, I feel like, so I've, I've been thinking of it as like big crayon. Mm-hmm. big crayon and then little crayon right and yeah. then you eventually go into like watercolors or pencil or whatever but it's like teaching someone a move for the first time is just big crayon mm-hmm. like and so it's like you don't you know it's just like do you understand like okay like you said scissor sweep you know you understand that we're we're gonna sweep this person you know and then eventually it's like oh do you feel this or did you get your gifts right you know it's like and so you're looking at it and you just start whittling it down as they start getting each little piece but that could take years. It's like, I still take classes. I still go to fundamentals classes. I think I, sh- I will always go to fundamentals classes. Yeah. And it's like fundamentals classes where they're teaching mount escapes. And I still, like I went to a class the other day and it was um, a mount escape. And, and it was taught differently this time. And it was just like, I, I picked up a new detail. And I was like, I picked up something new on something that I have been, that I've seen and I've been doing for, you know, eight plus years. But it's just like, but it's just like, shouldn't we like, I feel like it should always be that way Mm -hmm. where you should always be able to go into a class. And even if it's learning how to stand in base, like you're always, you can always pick up something new and you can always pick up a new detail. And, um, you just have to always go in with that, that cup empty Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, mindset of like, I'm here to like, to learn something. Yeah. And, um, but yeah new details on upas and <laughs> and triangles it's kind of it's awesome and it makes it makes jujitsu just even for me that much more awesome because it's like i can still you know learn something different yeah and it's that and ego add. check too yeah like at least it, <laughs> what'd you do buddy I sneezed with my mouth open. how do you sneeze with your mouth open in the carpet like that? that's not that looks like spitting to me no. i'm not <laughs> so sure about that um and that's where when i approached it i used to think that like i used to get really insecure about it and then i i just realized like in in teaching that that people really do have a short attention span and i was overestimating my abilities or and putting too much tension and pressure there and so much so that like i realized that when i would try to practice a move with like a scissor sweep there's the game of like um you could try to like kick someone over right in the scissor sweep because you got your like for people who who don't know i would guess i'd try to explain it is is like your one knee is like your shin is on their body and then the other legs on the ground and you like 
kick scissor your feet and kick them over onto their back um but it took me like a year to really understand that or maybe like two years to really understand that i had to like push them back and then pull them in and the the thing is that that's like a fun thing to do with someone is is i'm gonna threaten to push you backwards Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna threaten to pull you in oh no i'm gonna threaten to push you backwards and do all that but like i got so caught up in my like expectation that you know how do i do this move right that i wasn't in that like that playing place and it would take me years mm-hmm. to like get out of my anxiety um mm-hmm. and and like really be in the moment and kind of play and that and that wound up in my grappling like i guess with you know using my physicality and like usually for flexibility and stuff like that or if you're like um if i have to do a scissor sweep i would try to like just be more strong about it you know um and that was just like i realized that's like an underlying approach to my whole life where you know just try harder and like mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that, and that's like jujitsu has been that big component in my life where it's like it's obviously not working these people who are trying less than you are winning and mm-hmm. my life that's going to play out over 20 years maybe or 10 years or five years but this is playing out in like two minutes um i my my professor my my first professor mazi hideri um i remember one day coming into class and he was like this month i'm going to get tapped out i can't remember how many times he said you know the x amount of times and it was it was a large number and i remember just kind of like i was like okay and i remember thinking about it and thinking about it and i'm like he wants to get tapped out because it's not that he wants to get tapped out he wants to try new things and put himself in new positions and be creative and put him, you know, because, you know, it's sometimes I, I feel like we get stuck in this whole, like, I just want to do my A game all the time, mm-hmm. but then are we really ever improving if we're only ever doing what we really know? Mm-hmm. Like, where is that creativity then? Cause when you are being creative and when you are experimenting and you are being playful, oops, mm-hmm. Are you still there? Okay. When you are doing those things, then that makes you vulnerable. Right. And so, and yeah, you probably will get tapped out. And so, you know, like I, I I really thought that, you know, have you, do you listen to Brene Brown? Uh, Have you heard the Brene Brown podcast? Yeah. Ah, I love her. So, um, yeah, it's that whole idea of like, you can't be brave without letting yourself be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, we're not going to move forward. We're not going to improve if we don't allow ourselves, if we don't put our ego in check and let ourselves be vulnerable. Like granted, I mean, I'm going to protect my neck, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. like, you know, let, let, let that get kind of too crazy. But, um, but you know, within reason, you know, we want to just be playful and it's like, I love passing guard. And sometimes I'm just like, well, what happens if I do this? And well, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it's like, but I, I definitely learned that from my professor in his ability to just be, you know, say, I'm going to try something different because he didn't want to, I mean, he's our professor. He could have just been like, no, I'm just going to always win. But he was always letting himself learn and move forward. He was always trying something new. Yeah. And that's that beautiful thing, like what we were talking about before, between like, um, in, in terms of effort, right? And like letting somebody... Um, put you in a situation or letting somebody win without giving them a false reality, 
right? And giving them mm-hmm. a proper reaction. Because I've even had that with like someone I was grappling with, and they're like, "We were um, we were working an off balance in class, and then we were like, uh, and then we we're grappling after you know at the end of class, um, and they were they're new, um, and uh, we're grappling, and then they got to the off balance." And then mm-hmm. from the off balance, I was playing the game. I'm like, all right, cool. What are they going to do? And then now how can I overcome their off balance? And um, at the end of the class, I'm like, hey, thanks for letting me get that. And I'm like, well, I, I want to make sure that you understand that, like, you know, I'm not like patronizing you or anything like that. And I'm giving you my best reactions that I can with the intent to be able to win. But if I see like my, my physicality, um, and even like some of my technique, right, might prevent us from getting to this off balance game. And this is a really fun place to play. And I want to play with you here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, that's the important part. And I found that with rolling with like a lot of people who are way better than me, I'd get like, there'd be a little anxiety and I can squish it out when I realize that they're like giving me things, but mm-hmm. they're giving me full reactions. They're just put me like letting me get to a spot and then now they're working their game out of it and like that's a like it's so nuanced that that's not rude right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like it's a few steps away from something that would be rude and I had to like figure what that was figure out what that was and I've grown so much as a result of that and it was like you know allowing you the space to like work your move and then once you see someone's work the move um then you (laughs) turn up the volume and then like, you know, then go back to like working your technique, right? And giving your full level of effort or half level of effort. And like, it's so nuanced like that. I do that playing games with my son all the time. Like sometimes I'm going to try really hard and I'm going to win. And then other times like it's going to, I'm going to lower it. So we're like playing at an equal level there. And then, you know, other times still, I'm going to give him a lot of room and, and make it pretty easy for him to be able to get, you know, the, the, um, his goal. Right. It's like you want, if someone has a pass and they're passing correctly, you, you want to, you're like, yes, that's correct. You're, mm-hmm. you're making, you're doing the pass correctly. You have earned this pass. Do you know what I mean? But if they're not doing it correctly, then, and because they don't have the underhook or then you're like, okay, well now you're going to get punished for like doing it incorrectly. This, and it's, when I say punish, I mean, like, you're going to show them, like, if you don't do it correctly, this is what could happen. Like you could get your back taken and and that's a realistic, that's being realistic because then they learn, oh crap. Okay. I need to make sure that I have this, so that this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, but, 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 you know, after they've passed, maybe like you're working side control escapes. So once they get a side control, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm really working. Like now I need to, I need to really make sure that I'm, you know, I'm being technical and I'm, I'm getting out. But I think that's part of also like, you know, as we continue, like, as we continue to train and as you train more and more, like one of the awesome things about jujitsu is that we're all learning from each other. Mm-hmm. And so you're a teacher and student all in one, you know, we're all kind of moving together with that. And as that's one of the things I've, I feel like I've started to try to understand and learn as I, as I teach more is like how to become a better teacher mm-hmm. and how to, like I, like I said before, like use the big crayon and, you know, and, and for some people individually, like, you know, like I'll see naturally, like, okay, you could use, you might be able to go into a, a smaller crayon and maybe you're using mm-hmm. pencils, but for, for the most part, like everybody can still pick up something even from that big crayon, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and not, uh, and just, 
honestly just keeping it as fun as possible <laughs> yeah. so that they just it's like just keep coming if you just keep coming to jiu-jitsu you're going to keep learning jiu-jitsu there's no way around that you know but but you're not going to learn it if you're at home and you're not going to learn it if you're you know you're like oh i'm going to you know, like you're not gonna learn if you're not on the mat. So yeah. come get on the mat. And, you know, even if, uh, even if like, I don't know, like even when I was injured, like if I had, if I had an injury, I would still come and watch the lesson, mm-hmm. you know, I would still come and watch roles. And so, um, it was just kind of fun to, to get to see other people moving and how they were applying it. I'll watch, I still, I mean, it's the same thing, like people that watch, you know, jujitsu matches on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, we're watching it because we want to see how how they apply a certain move or what they're doing and what the reactions are and because we're always picking up more information yeah and like that's a very interesting perspective if i were to re- think of myself as a child and i were to look up to a lot of adults where learning would really like stop at least adults that i was around which is not representational of everyone but um work like you know Mm -hmm. your work roles like this is what my work is required i mean i gotta do some training okay i did that and like Mm -hmm. other than that like you went to school and then you're done with school and it's like you work and you know you have fun it's kind of you know like that's like that routine there and i like look at you and i'm just thinking about like your whole perspective and just how much time you spend learning and you really enjoy learning and like as a true lifelong pursuit, like it's irrefutable because you spend so much time practicing it, right? Like I could say, even Mm -hmm. if I read a lot of books and I really like to learn, these are the things that I know, but like, you're like obsessed with it. Like in that (laughs) way. And I say that because I really Mm -hmm. am too. Like, it's like, Oh, it kind of hooks you. Yeah. I mean, I don't see, I don't see the end, you know, like I am working, I'm working on a technique. I've been drilling a technique and I was talking to the, to the teacher that was, or the person that was working with me on this technique. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this technique because I think I'm going to do it tomorrow or even next month. This is something that I want to be good at in five years, five to six years. I hope that I can at least feel comfortable doing this technique. So like my tech, Hey, um, hold on one second. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of an interview right now. Okay. Yeah. I'll be right there. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Um, there's, uh, it's like you, you're learning things now that you're hoping that you can pull off in a few years. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just like having that long-term mentality has helped me too, because now it's like, I'm not getting frustrated that I can't pull off a certain move in a tournament right now. I was like, no, of course you've only been drilling it for a few months. You know, it's like, but you know, it's like the sweeps that I'm, that I'm pulling off regularly now, I've been doing those sweeps since for for nine years now. Mm -hmm. Do you mean, it's just like, you just, you have to, I feel like you have to look at it long-term. Yeah. You have to look at it in, in these, like, in, you know, these longer time frames, um, so that you, one, I think it helps you manage the ego and mm-hmm. manage, you know, your learning. And also there's no rush. Like I said, I'm like, you're just, you can always be learning something new. And, and that's what I wish I would have learned in school like that, like those principles like that. And that's, I think if someone would have told me that, I don't know, like it would have perhaps kicked me in the direction a little, but like the experiencing of that, you know what I mean? And being around those like-minded people, because even when I showed up in a school environment, like not like criticizing school, but like the experience, I really like experiential learning. And I'm really interested in how those 
things can like um, intersect and overlap is like, cause I was trying to get more people to work in my jujitsu community where with the kiddos at the school. Cause like, mm-hmm. it was like, Hey, God, like, let's turn their life around. Like, you know, these people are trying to get you to learn stuff. You might not like it, but listen, like there's real potential out there. It's inherently meaningful. Like maybe not exactly all the things that they have right here, but we can like reframe it. Um, hold on. Um, okay. That's fine. And, and like, then there are these people that like, were not like role modeling that behavior um Mm -hmm. uh just naturally like and it almost Mm -hmm. exuded from them right and that's what i have for my son is why um jujitsu not like he has to love jujitsu it's just an important uh practice to have as a family because yeah no other learning environment or there there is but like in in like these experiential and recreational learning environments it's a very like um it teaches him how to learn really well like just meta learning, right? And all of it has like the community reinforcement, adults, kids, everything. Yeah, well, I I worked in this, like I said, you know, before when we were talking, like I worked mm-hmm. in the school systems and really when I was working in the schools, my, like I, I, I was conveying information to them, but really my, my goal, my personal goal was I wanted to instill in those kids a love of learning. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, I just wanted them to be curious. Mm-hmm. Be curious, like be curious about the world around you. Be curious about everything, like question it. And, you know, like why you should always be asking why, like why, well, you know, like, and, and just, you know, like find out, let's, let's, let's figure it out. And, uh, and that's really what I wanted from them. Cause if you don't have that curiosity, then you're not going to like, then it's just like, eh, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's like, where, where are you going with it? But, um, and it's the same thing in jujitsu. It's like when I'm mm-hmm. teaching jujitsu, it's like, it's like curiosity, you know, it's like, I want them, I want the people that are, that are, are learning from me to have that, that, that love for it or to be inspired or to see something and be like, Oh, okay. Well, or, or why, or just, just, you know, just basically do no harm just yeah. as long as they can come back to jujitsu the next day, you know, that it, it makes me happy. But mm-hmm. I really, I really love the community here and, and I, they, make me want to come back every day too oh that's so cool yeah it's it's awesome it's pretty awesome what's your relationship with competing like um what drives you to compete so when i first started like i said i started because i for self-defense reasons Mm -hmm. and the most i was like okay well what you know you're not like what would be the most realistic thing I can do that would create anxiety in me. And I was like, well, competing because the, my opponent is literally trying to choke me or, you know, break an arm. And, you know, she's, she's not going to be nice. She's going to give me some realistic, mm-hmm. you know, like responses to whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so I decided to go and compete. I felt like that was, that's what I needed. And so, um, man, my, my anxiety was through the roof. The first, like, like whew, oh, that yeah. first one for sure. <laughs> but, um, so then learning though, how to like, how to recognize anxiety and how to control it and how to, you know, prepare. And that was, that's, that was really helpful. Um, now I, I kind of love doing it. I think I love the, the preparation for it. Mm-hmm. I love the way that the team comes together and we all like, come together and we work our asses off and we work really hard and we support each other. And I, 
that was always probably one of the my my most favorite things about competing mm. was the competition prep. Yeah, I I really like the way that it bonds bonds the community. And what's awesome, like before COVID, um, in in our area, mm-hmm. there's um a lot of really good jujitsu, and there's a lot of women that train here. And so before COVID, uh, I traveled a lot to a lot of the different schools and got to train with women in. Like Swamp Fox in South Carolina, and the ladies at Team Rock Fayetteville, and um, and like I said, like Virginia, and uh, there's a bunch of schools in Charlotte. There's a lot of phenomenal women down there that train, and uh, so just being able to go train with different women, and everybody prepared everybody so that it was just like we were trying to all get mm. get ready together, mm-hmm. and so that we could all support each other and and on that more international stage, mm-hmm. right? So it's like when, when it doesn't matter if they're on my team or not, but just like when I see someone that I know that does really well or is competing, I'm always so super excited for them. And like, even when Cindy won pans, I was yeah. like, I was like, like just ecstatic that, you know, I watched her matches on, on uh, flow grappling. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. I think that competing just really made me feel like more a part of the community. Yeah. For sure. That's like that. You have that like sense of camaraderie and like, uh, there's also that, the, the air of, um, anxiety, right? Like the, mm-hmm. if there's even a few of you yeah, amongst your team or group, whoever you're with, we're feeling some of that anxiety. That is a, that's a situation that's like very valuable to me. Because mm-hmm. of that, that connection that comes from that and then getting through that. And also, like, I find your opponent um, is generally pretty kind, right? Not all the time, but pretty kind. Oh, yeah. And it, like, nails it home, too, because they were anxious as well. So it's just, like, just closer and closer and closer together, you know? Yeah. Well, it's just there's just something really positive about going through it with, mm-hmm. with somebody. And it's, like, I had, um, like, I just always had, like, a really strong team. When I, when I first moved here to, um, to the Durham area and I started at triangle jujitsu, um, the guys here were really, everybody here was really helpful and positive about, you know, when I was like, I want to do pans and I was like, guess what? We're going to do, we're going to do competition training on Sundays. And there was like, all right. And, you know, started showing up mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and we're doing comp training and came out. And even if they weren't competing, people were showing up and, and, uh, and, training and getting the energy levels up, which is really what you need is that you need, you know, to keep kind of hyped so that you can keep working really hard. And, um, the team here really kind of, they really came together and were really supportive and it made me feel really comfortable calling this my home. Um, you know, so I was just like, these are people that, that put it out there for me. And so, you know, anytime that they've, you know, anything I can do to be helpful to them, you know, like to the team, I've always, I want to try to be as helpful, um, a teammate as I can, because I, I really feel like that's the way that, you know, community grows, you know, that give and take, but, uh, no, I, I love competing. It's, Hmm. it's been good. And I really hope that more people, I'm really hoping that some of the people here, um, we have a small, like I said, ladies program, and uh, some of the ladies are expressing interest in competing. So yeah. that makes me happy too. Oh, that'll be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find out more about you, Lola? Um, so on Instagram, I'm on Zuzitsu, Z-O-O-Z-I-T-S-U. It's Zuzitsu because my dad 
doesn't uh, pronounce jujitsu correct, correctly. And he always called it Zuzitsu. So I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm Zuzitsu, but I'm Zuzitsu there. And then also I'm Lola Funky Monkey on, I guess, Facebook and on Instagram as well. They can right. find me there. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Woo. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed getting to talk with Lola. Um, man, like Lola's been practicing jujitsu for a little while longer than me. And it's amazing to talk with people who are like a few steps ahead of me. Um, and even from like a parent standpoint, I get to learn so much from people's, you know, different perspectives and also similar perspectives, you know, just sharing our stories. Um, I just think it's so beautiful to see someone who, like, has this thing that they would, like, tirelessly work toward or, like, engage with, a game that they would play, you know, throughout their life. Like, the thing that people would say when I was a kid is, like, ah, I'm an adult, not a kid anymore. They Kids go off and go play. And, like, that would make me really sad. And... I didn't necessarily like I romanticized the idea of being an adult, but there was that transitionary period when like the idea of not having play was <sighs> all seemed so meaningless, right? It wasn't so very exciting. And I love being a dad, but like I thought that there was like more of a component to it. You know, I wondered. So Lola is just for me an example of that. And it's been reinforced throughout the jiu-jitsu community and climbing and trail running and these awesome, like, recreational activities that I'm in communities that I'm learning about and becoming a part of. You can find out more about um, Lola on Instagram at Zuzitsu um, and uh, Toro BJJ and Cage Side MMA um, on their website. You can find that at becominghumanpodcast.com. I'll leave all the links in the show notes as well. Um... I'm going to play you out with a song called Use from Useful Jenkins, Waiting to Die. Have a good week. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. Bye. Story goes if you never slow down and you never go, there's a great big world just waiting to be whole. But you're still lying around, and the days fly by like a cloudy sky. And you're glued to the TV, never blinking an eye. And the world will keep changing, time passing me by. But you're just waiting to die. So, won't you come outside? There's a beautiful world just waiting for you. Seem like it's all just a waste of time Sometimes what you gotta decide Are you really alive? Or are you just waiting to die? Just waiting to die
once, well then I told you twice You never win a gun battle if you're bringing a knife And the truth it doesn't hurt if it's spelled outright But it's just too easy to give up the fact to just place the blame Scream the name, point the crooked finger, it's all the same It's just a dirty little game that we keep playing All the dirty little lies and the dirty little brains And it's hard to maintain when we're locked away Time to open up the door and come out to play Because the sun's in the sky and it's a beautiful day The world is wide open, hey, what do you say now? Won't you come outside? Well, there's a beautiful world and it's waiting for you And I know it might seem like it's all just a waste of time Sometimes but you gotta decide Are you really alive? Or are you just waiting to die? Won't you come outside? Well, there's a beautiful world and it's waiting for you Die.